All right. Hey, so the text that we're going to be in tonight is John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. If you want to start turning there. But again, just to call out the obvious, a lot has changed since last week. I'm sitting here in the Doxa Church Auditorium with like three other people right now. It's me and Jesse and some of the team uh, recording this. And there used to be a lot of you in here last week. And I was so excited to get to meet some of you again in person this week. But a lot has changed, right? The energy and the excitement that was on campus last week has been replaced by this need for us to restrict our movements. And once again, we're all kind of locked up in our rooms. I was joking with some people earlier today. I feel like I got put in a time machine and transported back to March. It's cold and rainy. And I was even like, I was on a Zoom call with some of you um, earlier in the week. And I remember last week you were sunburned. And this week you're like wrapped up in your blankets, all freezing cold. And so it's just a lot has happened. It's kind of been flipped on its head. And, and honestly, guys, I have not enjoyed <laughs> this week. Okay, just being honest up front. I, I have not enjoyed it. I have not been enjoying it. It feels like that there was like a party that was about to get started last week and it's come to an abrupt end. Now, interestingly tonight, the text that we just happened to be in is about a wedding party that is in danger of coming to an abrupt ending. Okay, it's in danger of coming to an ending because the wine is about to run out. And so I just want to read this with you and then I'll tell you where we're going in our short time together tonight. And so John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Verse four, and Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill these jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some of them out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs that Jesus did at Cana and Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. So wine at this time, right? And honestly, still today, it was a symbol of celebration and joy. And for the wine to run out at a wedding feast would have been shameful. It would have been a disaster, right? The party was in danger of ending before it ever really got to begun. And honestly, guys, we're in a moment right now where it feels like the wine has run out. But we have a God who can turn water into wine. And so what I want to do tonight is just look at the story and see if we can learn, you know, what do we do when the wine runs out? What do we do when the wine runs out? Okay, so and here's the first thing. The first thing that we do when the wine runs out is we need to admit it. Admit it. We need to just call it out and be honest. The wine has run out. Look back at verses one through three. It says, on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus, that's Mary, she said to Jesus, 
they have no wine. She admits it. They have no wine. And this was not supposed to happen. This would have been a huge embarrassment, a huge disappointment for the host of the wedding feast. It's going to ruin the party. The party that this bride and groom, they've been waiting for for their whole life, that they've been planning for for months, they've been investing in, was about to be a total disaster. And for us, it's not that the wine has run out on our wedding feast, but in so many ways in our lives, things just go wrong, right? They don't go as planned. That's like one of the main things that we're all learning during this pandemic. You know, the wine runs out when that relationship stalls or it crashes and burns. The wine runs out when all of your classes get moved to online. The wine runs out when you fall into that sin again. The wine runs out when you wake up every day this week and see that it's just rainy and cold outside and you end up just staying in your bed. The wine runs out when you test positive for COVID or your roommate does and both of you have to go into to quarantine. Honestly, guys, for me, I'm like looking at this passage today about Jesus turning water into wine and I'm saying, God, the, the, the wine has run out. I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm coming up empty. And we need to admit it. We need to admit it. We shouldn't be surprised when the wine runs out. We should actually expect the world to let us down, shouldn't we? We should expect at this point to let ourselves down because we are sinful and we are limited. So what do we do when the wine runs out? We admit it. We admit it to ourselves. We need to not like go on pretending that everything's okay. The wine runs out sometimes. Guys, the wine will always run out in this life. Admit it to yourself. We need to admit it to God. We need to cry out to him in prayer and say, God, I've got nothing. I need you to do something. We need to admit it to each other and stop pretending that we're okay. If you're with somebody right now, just just look at them and say, hey, the wine has run out. (laughs) The wine has run out, whatever that means for you right now. And when we admit this, when we actually give up control, when we admit that the wine has run out, we find ourselves out of options at the end of our rope, at the end of ourselves, and amazingly, we find Jesus there. Look what happens to Mary. It says, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. She admits it. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Okay, so hold up for a second. I know that you're kind of like, I thought you said that step one is admit it and everything's supposed to go well. You're going to meet Jesus there. And then his own mother basically gets rebuked by him. Okay, so I'm just actually just going to leave that there. We're going to come back to this. It's going to make a lot more sense in the end. But look at what happens next. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. This is the second thing that we do. First, we admit it. Second, when the wine runs out, we listen to Jesus. We listen to Jesus. We stand there in our crisis, in our emptiness, in our desperation, and rather than trying to like take control of the situation ourselves, we just listen to him and we do whatever the next thing might be. Did you hear me on that? We do whatever the next thing is. If the wine has run out in your life, stop what you're doing, Stop trying to control it. Stop trying to fix it. Listen to Jesus and just do the next thing 
that he tells you to do. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And look what they do, verse six. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And what do they do? They do it. Seems pretty strange to do this, but they're just like, Jesus, the wine has run out. We're gonna do whatever you tell us. They filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. So in a moment of uncertainty, when the wine had run out, they looked to Jesus and they just did the next thing he told them to do. And what was the result? He turns water into wine. He works a miracle. He takes their simple obedience and he does something miraculous with it. And guys, he can do this in our lives when it seems like the wine has run out. We need to listen to Jesus. So what is this for you right now? What is something that's right in front of you that seems so simple or so small or so insignificant that you can just simply be obedient in? And I'm not saying like you need to be, you know, pause me right now and listen for an audible voice of God telling you to break out of your dorm room, right? And rebel against the university or something crazy like that. I'm saying when you listen to Jesus, I mean, be obedient to something that he has just so clearly revealed to you in your life and in scripture. Maybe he's asking you to slow down and just spend some time with him in prayer and in the word. Maybe he's been prompting you to reach out to a friend that he keeps just bringing up to your mind. Maybe as you hear my voice right now, he's reminding you to stop giving in to the distractions and actually get your homework done. Maybe he's asking you to chill out and stop stressing out about all the changes happening around you that you can't control anyways. Honestly, guys, like there's not many more options than that of what he could be asking you to do because we are pretty much like staying in our homes, in our dorms, in our apartments. So it probably is something very ordinary, very ordinary like the water in this story. But here's the question of the text. What if Jesus wants to turn that water into wine? What if in this time where the wine has ran out, there's some simple step of obedience that Jesus wants you to take And he wants to take that and turn it into something amazing. What if your roommate that you don't even really know or maybe you don't even really like, you're supposed to actually in this season come together and form like a lifelong friendship. Something so simple, so ordinary that God would actually do and surprise you. And one of the main points of this story is that we're really not capable of controlling our own lives. We need Jesus to be in charge. When we're in charge, we always ruin it. But when we give up control to him, he turns water into wine. And so when the wine runs out, we need to admit it. But then we need to just do the next thing that Jesus tells us to do. Control what we can actually control. Just fill up the jar with water and let him turn it into wine. Okay? And so then here's the last thing that we need to see tonight. When the wine runs out, we need to admit it. We need to listen 
to Jesus, and then we need to taste the better wine. Look with me at verse eight. And he said to them, now draw out some of the water and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and they did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, everyone who serves the good wine first and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of the signs that Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and he manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. So the wine that Jesus makes is better. He doesn't just replace the wine. He actually brings about an unlimited portion of it and it's better. And the fact that this is the first miracle that Jesus Christ does when he sets foot on the scene, this is like his opening act, his calling card. He's saying, this is what I am most about. That's what this miracle is doing. He's saying, this is what I'm about, world. And so what is Jesus about? In short, joy. He turns water into wine. His first miracle was to keep the party going. It wasn't to shut the, the open bar down. It was to provide it with actual better wine. This was Jesus' first miracle. This is what he's after. Did you know that Jesus is actually more committed to your joy than you are? If you're newer to Salt Company and, and newer to even uh, Jesus and Christianity and trying to figure out what is a relationship with God most fundamentally about, I want you to know this. It's about joy. Jesus didn't come and do a, a miracle to show us that it's basically about rules, duty. No, it's about delight. His first miracle points to the fact that he came to bring joy, the best wine, the wine that never runs out because the wine of this world, it always runs out. But the wine that Jesus brings, it never runs out. And so when the wine runs out on us in our life, and it's been a week like that. Has it not been a week like that where the wine just seems to have run out? We've just kind of come up empty. Our plans have been thwarted and changed. We need to see this as an opportunity to taste the better wine that only Jesus can bring. And so what is that? What is this better wine? Now it's important to, to realize that the wine in this story was wine. Like it, it was, it was physical drinkable wine. The party went on. But in verse 11, it says that Jesus did all this as a sign to reveal his glory. So the wine was wine, but it was also a sign. It was also pointing to something else, something more. And this is what actually now makes sense of that really weird part in verse four, where it seems like he calls out his mom. So let me just read that to you again. It says, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. This is the key. Throughout the Gospel of John that we're going to be reading the rest of this semester, whenever Jesus refers to his hour, he's talking about his coming death, the hour of his death. And so what Jesus is actually saying here to his mom is, mom, I, I can save this party by turning water into wine, but there's coming a day when I'm going to need to save the world by turning my blood, my life, 
into a sacrifice for its sins. And so for us, when the wine runs out and we find ourselves in a crisis or a setback, we need to recognize it as an opportunity to taste this better wine of the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to bring to the world. Guys, the gospel story is this. Life was meant to be a celebration of joy. That's, how, that's why God created the world. God is love and out of his love and his goodness, he created all things, but we have corrupted it by sin. We now live in a world where the wine always runs out. And at this wedding in Cana, just this simple wedding, Jesus is sitting there while everyone else is celebrating with the new wine that he created, thinking about a different day. Not this day, thinking about his hour, thinking about how there would come an hour where he would have to drink the cup of sin that was actually ours to drink so that we could enjoy this good wine that never runs out. The cup of his joy. Jesus, he came to bring a new and a better wine and invite us to a better wedding, a better party. It's actually, if you read throughout the Bible and you just look at what does the Bible say about heaven, one of the dominant themes it gives us is of this massive feast, this amazing party. And for these first people at the wedding, his disciples in verse 11 that it says, believed in him. They would have seen what Jesus was doing here with the wine. Mary, his mother, would have seen what Jesus was doing here with the wine and they would have realized, oh, he's actually telling us about this great wedding feast in heaven. This is a sign, not of this wedding, but of that wedding. Listen to the words of Isaiah the prophet in the Old Testament as he actually describes the wedding day that Jesus is actually thinking about and pointing to in this miracle. It says, On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all the nations. He will swallow up death forever. That's what God will do one day. One of the crowning achievements of heaven will be that God will swallow up death forever. And it says he will wipe away all the tears from our faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. And it will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. So, Salt Company, we're going through a time where it feels like the wine has run out. But my encouragement for you tonight is use this as an opportunity to take hold of something better. What do we do when the wine runs out? We, we admit it, right? We're, we're honest and we're not surprised when the wine of this life runs out because we know it will because of sin. This world will let us down. We will let ourselves down. Admit it. But then we don't try to take control of everything. We just try to listen to Jesus and do the next thing that he's telling us to do. And most of all, we taste the better wine of the gospel. He came to give us a joy that doesn't run out. So let us rejoice. Let us rejoice and be glad 
in this salvation that he gives us. Let's pray together. Father, in a time where, where the wine truly has run out, we look to you now in our, in our singing and, and in our worship as the one that provides wine that, that doesn't run out. God, the, the better wine. Yeah, and I pray that even as, as we sing right now that you would even just kind of transport us out of this moment and, and help us fix our eyes on you, fix our eyes on heaven. God, as, as surely as when we we, we can taste things in this life. Help us to, to taste an experience of you in worship now. Thank you for this wine that never runs out, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.